Hello and welcome to Tink, a podcast all about making, doing and the act of undoing that sometimes comes along with that. I'm Catherine Jane and you can find out more about me over at my blog, catherinejane.co.uk. There you will also find links to all of my different social media sites and the show notes. Simply click on the Tink podcast link and you'll see the most recent episodes with the show notes attached. I hope you've been enjoying the September month and the coming of autumn. Everyone's saying it's now knitting season and with the darker nights drawing in it's a perfect time to sit and craft in the afternoons and evenings. September's been a busy month for me, celebrating my 23rd birthday, starting a new job, revisiting my university town for the first time since graduating and loads of other stuff in between. I feel like I'm finally beginning to settle into my new routine. It took a lot at first and I was ill for a few weeks. I caught a cold, a sore throat, aching ears and it left me energyless. I couldn't even summon the energy to do plain basic rib knitting. I just wanted to relax and do nothing at all. Then, at the weekends when I felt better again, I wanted to go out and explore. Having worked weekends for a long time, it's great to have a full two days to yourself to go and explore and do new things. So on the days when I've been free, I've been quite busy and not had enough time to make. So this month hasn't been as productive as I would have liked. But these things happen and I'm still ambitious about what I can produce next month. So let's get on with the podcast. As I said, September didn't really go to plan with my goals. I didn't get as much done as I would have wanted to. But let's start with the positives and I'll talk about the things I did manage to get done. I managed to get some progress done on the granny flower quilt that I've been talking about. It's English paper piecing, a really traditional quilt making technique that I learnt when I did an intergenerational quilting project at university. So it involves you cutting out hexagon shapes out of paper and then wrapping these round with fabrics, tacking the fabric onto that paper and then sewing all of these fabric covered pieces together. I've been doing this quilt for quite a while and I've always been unsure about how I was going to lay it out. So big progress came this month in that regard. I finally decided how I wanted the quilt to be. So I've started actually making the quilt properly from the centre and then I'll just work out of it until it gets to a size that I'm happy with. It does mean that I didn't actually sew two separate granny flowers like I intended. I've just ended up sewing the same equivalent amount of hexagons in this new formation. I'm hoping actually that it will be my next work in progress shot this Wednesday on the blog. Um, so you'll be able to see it then or I might have already posted it by then. So just keep your eye out and see. Um, I post whips every Wednesday just to keep on track with what I'm getting up to and show you something a bit more visual in between longer blog posts. Along with that I've also made progress on the crochet quilt. I managed to get the six diamonds crocheted and I've sewn all of the threes so there's three diamonds that make up a cube that then get added to all the other cubes. I've sewn up all the sets of diamonds into cubes apart from one. Because when I was looking through my crochet bag, I noticed that one of the diamonds had actually, it looked like it had been ripped or cut with a scissor. I don't really understand how that happens because I never keep sharp instruments in with the crochet bag. So I'm a little bit confused and that means I've got to redo one of 
the diamonds for that block, which is a little bit annoying. I did manage to try and sew most of the cubes onto the main blanket, which was the other goal this month of if I made any, it had to then be attached to the quilt straight away. I think there's two or three cubes that I didn't manage to do, um, just the time issue and not having enough time to really work on it as I would have liked. But I am happy with the progress on that one. Um, it will stop for a while. All of the sort of other things will stop for a while, I think, these sort of sub-side things while I sort of focus on other making goals. But I'll tell you more about that in the October section. I still have a few more things that I did manage to finish, and that includes The Failing Fox Cow by Heidi May, who goes under the Velvet Acorn. I was asked by an old work friend if I could make this for her toddler, and it's a really cute little foxy um, pattern where the cow goes around the neck, but then it goes up into a little hooded um, hat section. It's really different from what I would usually make and it's also in a chunky yarn. Typically I prefer finer things. Um, maybe I'm a bit of a sucker for punishment with slow crafts that I enjoy the finer, more time consuming things <laughs> that seem to um, occupy like needlework and knitting. I don't normally knit with chunky yarn at all so it was a bit different and it was quite nice actually how quickly it whipped up together. So I've managed to make that for her um, it was quite big when it got finished. Considering it was for a toddler size, it is meant to be quite oversized when it's worn. But I did manage to sneak it on my own head and take a picture, which is on Instagram, if any of you have seen it. It is a bit tight, obviously, on my head in comparison. But it was a really fun thing to knit. Really quick, really quite simple. A good knitting in the round project. So I really recommend it. Um, the pattern does come in a variety of sizes from baby, toddler, child to all the way up to adult. So if you fancy having a go, go and head over to the Velvet Acorn. Um, she has lots of other like nature inspired designs over there as well. Lace making classes started again this month as well. And before I went I wanted to try and make some new bags to hold my bobbins and hold the other things that I use like scissors, pin pushers, pin lifters etc. I sort of just made these up as I went along. So the bobbin holder is simply a piece of fabric that has elastic sewn at regular sort of one centimetre intervals. Um, they're big enough to then put a pair of bobbins in and there you go. I did cut the elastic a bit smaller than the fabric though, which makes it difficult to then try and sew it on. It was a little bit annoying and tedious and like, oh, towards one stage I just wondered why I just hadn't chosen to do something simpler but it's going to be long lasting and it's quite handy and useful. Then for the pin pushers and the scissors etc I just made like a little bag that has a zip at the top and kind of looks like a sunglasses case actually. When I'd made it I was like I can fit a pair of sunglasses in here maybe I need to make one of those for myself <laughs> but I don't need to get distracted of anything else so I just carried on. And the first lace back was really good. I went having not got anything clear in my mind what I wanted to make. I thought I wanted to make some Christmas decorations. And some of the ladies brought some in. I made a pricking of one, which is where you um, use like a special sharp tool and poke a piece of card out of the pattern of the um, design that you want to make. And I've started it, but I kind of... I don't really feel passionate about it. I quite like traditional looking lace, not sort of new stuff. So 
I'm rethinking what I want to do with that. And this month, when I went down to Hereford, um, it was one of my friend's birthdays, so I went down for the weekend. But another friend from uni had acquired a lot of wool and stuff, and she said, oh, do you want Of course, I said yes, and nestled in between lots of gorgeous four-ply wool um, was a book called Bobbin Lace Making for Beginners by Amy Dawson. I've had a flick through, and it's a really great like starter book, um, perfect for someone like me at lace, really. And it talks you through all different styles of lace, from torsion, which is a sort of lace I do, to this thing called Clooney, which apparently is a combination of different styles of lace making, um, to Bedfordshire, to Russian lace, to plaited lace, all these sort of different types of lace. And then they have sort of beginner's projects at the start of each section to get you used to the different techniques of each lace. So I think I may actually stop with the Christmas decorations and start trying to learn more, um, learn more styles of lace making and build up my sort of repertoire of skills. Sorry, I'm flicking through in case that comes up on the sound. There's um, some really nice designs in here um, and just little bits, obviously, like I said, to help improve your technique. So I think I am going to buy myself some pricking card and make my own prickings and just learn some new stuff and develop my skills. Like I said, this bag of wool was full of gorgeous four-ply wool. Um, it's a brand called Poppleton, which I, after a quick Google search, have now realised is called Wendy's, so it got rebranded. But, I mean, these are quite old balls of wool, I think. Um, the graphics on the ball band... Um, are just really beautiful and um, that sort of vintage style and I've got such a lot of wool from her it's incredible she wasn't sure of the quality a bit um, and I think there is some acrylic stuff which I've separated off and I'm going to give to my mum because it's in smaller quantities as well and I already have such an incredible stash like I've had to rearrange everything to try and fit on all this new stuff so I think, yeah, it's probably best to give that to my mum. <laughs> she crochets a lot, so she uses like little bits more than I tend to. If you want to see what I did get, I wrote a blog post about it the other day. But it's beautiful, like, variated wool, which normally I'm not fond of. But it's consistent, like, variation. So it's, like, two strands of colours wrapped together. So right now I'm holding one that's, like, a really nice pale blue and a grey. And there's ones that are, like, navy and a green... And then there's just ones that are like a plain red rusty colour. And there's tons of it, like enough to make a couple of jumpers, socks and everything. So I'm really happy with it. And it came with lots of patterns. So thank you very much for it. Um, yeah, free wool. It's always great. While on our way back from Hereford on the Sunday, we decided to visit a few National Trust properties. Graham had bought me National Trust membership for my birthday and whilst I was at university in my second year we did a project based on Barrington Hall. I knew I really wanted to revisit and maybe start the project again so we went there first and it's this beautiful Georgian house. It was designed by Capability Brown and lots of families inhabited it. You can walk around the grand house upstairs and then you go down through like the butler's staircase, servant staircase, to the butler's rooms and you get to see that sort of side of life as well. It's a really interesting building and they always have gorgeous costumes out. So this time when we went it was a selection of costumes from Jane Austen films. So there were, they were reproductions but then in one room of the house there are original Georgian costumes in there too. And we all know that I'm a sucker for that type of thing so it was brilliant, it was beautiful. 
the first time we went with university, actually, there was a lady who took us through some of the costume collections. So we got to see, like, the archive section where they were all, like, boxed, and then she'd get them out and show us. And it's extraordinary, some of the stuff they have there. It's stuff that was given to them by the guy who also has a collection at Snow's Hill Manor, which I did want to try and visit, but it was a bit more out of the way. So after Barrington Hall, we decided to go to this little 14th century house called Brockhampton. Brockhampton? Yeah. Brockhampton Hall, that's what it was called. It's this um, really cute little 14th century house and then it has a little moat built around it and then in the 16th century a little gatehouse was built in sort of a replica style. When we got there initially we ended up going to its sort of sister site which is a little bit further up which starts a lot of woodland walks but you can walk from there down to the hall and then back. Um, The way back was very steep. The guy did warn us and we were kind of walking down the forest trail like, oh yeah, it was be fine walking back up here. It was so steep, but it's such a beautiful setting. Um, you walk through these trees and by streams and through fields to get to the hall and then you walk back. It's really lovely. It, it was so beautiful. Also this month, on my birthday weekend, I went with a few friends to the art and architecture trail that's in Worksworth. My friend's family also in a cottage right in the centre of the town, so we'd kind of sneak back to there when the weather got a little bit rainy and we wanted to eat. And it's it's a really great festival trail um, set in Derbyshire where you can walk around people's houses and there's makers set up in there and artists. And you, then you can walk in the gardens as well because sometimes it's sculpture outside. It's a lovely little thing to do. This year was a little bit disappointing compared to most as I didn't really want to buy anything. Uh, Normally, there's tons I want to get, but that didn't happen this month, which is kind of good. I ended up buying some botanical prints from a vintage shop, though. I still need to put them up somewhere. I think I'm going to put them up in my studio. I find a lot of inspiration from stuff like that. And when I was at Barrington, I bought a little book of um, garden plants, but it has illustrations of all of these plants so i'm thinking of doing some embroidery based things so it will prove to be a really useful tool but i should really get back to talking about what i've been making so let's get on with that now comes the section of making of the sort of half made or didn't get made bits So all the fully made things have been talked about and yeah, there wasn't that many really. Whoops. (laughs) But like I said, it's just been so busy this month that I didn't manage to get things done. One thing I have made a lot of progress on and I'm still working on today and will be tomorrow, trying to squeeze in the last days of September as much as I can, um, is the Fair Isle tank that I've been knitting from the Knitting Vintage book by Claire Montgomery. Initially, when I started the tank, I just started working on the back piece, which you make first. And I'd got about, um, I'd done the 10 centimetres of rib, and I started doing the farewell patterning when I thought, actually, it would be quite nice to knit the front and back together at the same pace, so then it doesn't feel like it's taking me as long. Um, and then also, I thought, if I do start to run out of colours, at least the jumpers won't be different. I honestly don't think I will run out of colours, um, but I didn't want that sort of. A scenario where I've knit the whole of the back and then I started knitting the front and then I run out towards the end and it doesn't match up. So I just thought it'd be best just to knit them together. 
So I've got to the stage now where it's the armhole and neckline shapings. So I don't think it'll really take me that much longer. Getting used to doing fair arm knitting is, <laughs> yeah, that's um that's a skill. I'm okay on the knit side of the work. So this is knit flat, this garment, and then it's got to be seamed. So that's going to be fun as well. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm okay on the knit side. I can manage to hold both strands. I knit English style, um, I think it's called, um, where you hold your yarn in your right hand. So I can hold yarn between my fingers and that's fine and knit quite quickly. But then when it gets to the pearl side, I find it really difficult to hold the yarn in my hands. So, um, yeah, at one stage when I was knitting, I did try and knit Continental with Fair Isle to see if it would help speed me up but obviously because I'm still new to that style of knitting it was just slower and I thought I might as well just get on with it and just knit it like I'm used to. There has been a lot of tinking as well involved in this project. Obviously when you go wrong in Fair Isle if you start reading the pass in the wrong way you can really tell. So there have been a few times when I was reading the pearl from uh, the right side of the page to the left instead of left to right so then I've had to start again. But it's generally, it's enjoyable. I really enjoy it. And it looks so nice. And I love the feel of the Shetland yarn and the way it knits up together. It's so dense and like warm. I can tell when I put it on, it's just going to be like the warmest thing ever to have existed. <laughs> so I've had great progress with it and I'm still enjoying knitting it. I'm really hoping I get it done soon or really early into October because I've got a lot of other knitting plans and I don't want to be carrying on with it for too long. This month also saw me get my knitting machine out for the first time since I graduated as well. Unfortunately, it's kind of been retired and lives under the bed, spare bed in the studio. The studio works as a spare bedroom as well. I just, I don't know what it is, but when I got it out, I instantly was like, I don't want to knit on this. So... I was working with Graham, Graham's asked me to help him make a jumper and originally it was going to be machine knit but I've been just finding it so difficult. I did get to the stage of knitting the tension squares, working out the pattern and then starting to knit the first sort of mock-up in the yarn that wasn't his but is the same weight and I just, I really hate it, I honestly do, I don't know what's happened but my love of machine knitting is really gone. I think because I've spent so long hand knitting since I've graduated, I just find it a much more enjoyable process. So we've reevaluated what we're going to do with it. And I think during October, I've got a half term. So um, I'm going to sit down and properly plan that. And I'll talk about it a, a bit more in a minute. But yeah, I just, I don't find the machine knitting as enjoyable anymore. I'm constantly worried that if something goes wrong, then the whole thing's going to fall off the machine, which can happen. And when I was doing some of the original Fair Isle swatch samples, it just wasn't working. Things were, like, falling off. And if the yarn wasn't in the um, carriage for the knitting machine, which is what you draw across the needle bed, if that wasn't in properly, then your Fair Isle pattern would, like, disintegrate. And it just feels like there's a lot more limitations and... A lot more to go wrong if something goes wrong. It's not like knitting where you can tink back a few stitches and stuff like that. It's just not as not as enjoyable. I just really don't feel the same passion for it at the minute. So I've packed it back away and I'm going to plan to hand knit it. It will take a long time because it's really fine wool though. So 
yeah <laughs> that's future goals i think we decided that i'll work on that in november hoping to get it done for christmas it's just one of those things where i've got to do what feels best for me creatively and i'm just really wasn't enjoying it and i think that's one of the biggest things about our project if you don't enjoy it you just don't want to make it and you have no passion so you have to find a way around it and hopefully we have and hopefully it'll work and there'll be more creative freedom so i might be back with a fair aisle at some stage soon sewing wise i also wanted to try and make a pair of pants um from the pretty pant pattern in the book um the secrets of sewing lingerie that is co-authored by laura stanford and Catherine shears so i went to a workshop with um laura oh, quite a while ago now uh, i mentioned it in the last episode and it was really great and i learned how to make underwear and since then, I've been like, I really want to make some more pants. And there's also in the book, soft lingerie, so bras as well. And I really do want to spend some more time doing it. It's just getting the stuff. So you have to get like for certain elastics and I don't have any at the minute. I mean, I bought fabric for the pants that I wanted to make, but not the elastic. And I'm kind of put off from buying it. And I just... Yeah, I just haven't had the time. It's just one of those things that I bought the fabric and put it in the fabric suitcase that I have. And it's sort of hidden away under the bed as well. So you don't really see it. You don't really notice it. And like knitting is normally my main focus. So that sort of tends to dominate. And all of these other things get a bit waylaid. And in that same way, um, the embroidered knitting bag that I wanted to make, I still know what I want to make. I know that I'll make it at some stage. Just at the minute is definitely not the right time to get that done unfortunately so it's just going to have to wait um, until there is a more opportune time for me to begin on it but that's the way things are sometimes you go through periods where you just want to knit loads and then I'll go through a stage of doing loads of embroidery and sewing and dressmaking projects so it will happen I've just got to wait for the the course to ebb and flow and things will happen when they need to happen I haven't managed to plan Graham's socks to great detail either and I'm starting to think that it may just be best to start by casting on and then just working as I go. So these socks are going to be knit from Lang Yarn. It's the Superwash Yewol Yarn. That's the one. Um, I've separated the balls into halves. So I had a grey and I've got like a pale yellow colour so I split them into two because the socks are going to be a mixture of both colours so in the fair aisle they're going to have grey toes heel and rib detail and then the fair aisle in between with the predominantly yellow base I'm thinking about how I'm going to knit them whether it's going to be separately or together but obviously I've got to keep track and make a lot of notations if I do it separately because then they have to be the same I've just got to be really mindful as well of balancing the colour so I don't run out of like yellow halfway up the sock and I've got loads of grey or I don't use all the grey before I've got to the rib and there isn't enough left over so it's going to be a bit of a challenge and I think that's why I've kind of been put off making it because it almost feels like it just needs to happen while it's being made and then it'll make sense but it will this section leads nicely on to what my goals are for October so I'm going to talk to you about them now October is going to become Socktober. 
I am dedicating the month of October purely to sock knitting. Last year was my first October where I first learnt to make socks. When I graduated, I really wanted to get back into hand knitting and one thing I'd never tried before was knitting in the round and socks seemed like a perfect way to learn that new technique. So, when I went to London, I visited Loop, one of the most beautiful wool shops that I think exists in the UK. There, I bought some amazing sock yarn and also got the book Socks from the Toe Up by Wendy D. Johnson. During that month, I tried to knit my first pair of socks using the basic toe-up pattern with a short row heel and toe. Unfortunately, it took me a lot longer than I thought, but I made a little comic about it, which was great. This time, I intend to be a lot more ambitious, maybe overly ambitious, considering the progress I made in September, but I'm going to stick with it and just really try and push myself, because because I'm only knitting socks, not I'm only knitting socks, but it's the only craft project I'm going to be working on. In theory, I should have more time to get stuff done. I'm not going to be splitting myself between multiple projects and lots of little things that have been continuing on. Ideally, I would like to try and make a pair of socks a week, which may not sound like a lot for some knitters, but then considering I will still be going to lace every other Monday and I'll have other things going on, it should hopefully get done, but we'll see how it goes. So I wanted to get four socks done at least, but I have got like about seven patterns that if I manage to slowly work through, I'd be really happy with. So I'm going to tell you about those now. I've mentioned before in the pattern, I think it was in the August podcast when I went to Bath, that I bought some of the Reggio Sock yarn in the Arnie and Carlos design line. It's this beautiful variated yarn that when you knit it, it looks like a fair hour pattern. As I've said, I'm not normally one for variated yarn that doesn't pattern up. It doesn't really appeal to me. It's too fussy for my taste. But this stuff is great. I really like it. So I'd bought myself some in the winter night colourway, I believe it is, and then Graham selected some in the summer night colourway. I've managed to find a free pattern on their website too that I intend to use to knit the socks up. You can find it there on Ravelry by searching the cable detail socks by the Reggio design team. I think though when I knit the socks I won't do the cable design at the side, I'm not sure yet. Um, We'll see what happens when I'm knitting them. But they're a cuffed down pattern and I've never knit cuffed down before so I'm going to learn something new which I'm really excited about. So I want to try and get those two pairs of socks made. My yarn's already split into two balls but when they're knit up they should pattern the same. So I've got to do that with Graham's yarn, which should be exciting. And then, like I said, in the September section, I have Graham's other socks, the Fair R ones, to get knitted. So I have the yarn for them, and I want to get those done too. They will be knit using the basic um, toe-up pattern I mentioned from the Wendy G. Johnson book. But I might try Gusset Heel. I might try something new. Um, I'm really excited about that as well. So that'll be good. They shouldn't take too long. I think the the most time-consuming part of them will be working out the way the fair hour is going to go and working out the pattern. But apart from that, they should be quite plain and simple. It's just sort of knitting in the round, isn't it? And plain knit um, with the fair hour, so it should be easier to design. I also want to start on some Christmas knitting. So my little brother, I said to him, he's 11, 
what do you want for Christmas? And he said, oh, can you make me a hat? So I do have some stuff to make that for him. But I'm also going to make him surprise socks, which I don't know if he'll get at Christmas as well or on his birthday, which is shortly after Christmas. And these socks are going to look like a character from the cartoon Adventure Time. And it's Jake the dog. It's this, like, yellowy dog. And he has these big white eyes with, like, black pupils and, like, a really distinctive facial features, which I'm hoping to make into an intarsia pattern to knit in some socks. Because I've got this mustard yellow double knit wool. And I just think I've got to try and find something to do with it. And it's, like, the exact same shade as Jake the dog. So I'm going to make him these socks. Even if it means knitting the whole sock plain and then hand sewing the facial feature on, I would rather try and knit it in. But to do that, I've looked for a basic double knit pattern because I'm not sure how many stitches I'd have to cast on. So I found a pattern on Ravelry, which is called the Rugby Socks. It's knit and double knit yarn by Project Managerin. There will be a link in the show notes, but if you head on over to my Ravelry um, page, it's in my library, along with a lot of other sock patterns I'm going to mention. So these rugby socks are actually meant to be quite long, stripy patterned socks, but I'll just take the basic shaping for the toe and use them. I may also try and combine them with the two, the two socks at a time technique, which is also in my Ravelry library. And the pattern for that is by Heidi Bear, and it's called Socks Two at a Time. So I've always wanted to try and knit two socks at the same time because everyone always talks about second sock syndrome, and I kind of get it. Um, but I just like the idea of being able to do it on the magic loop and stuff. So maybe if I take the size of the needles from the rugby sock pattern and then try to do it in the magic loop technique that obviously you need for working two socks at a time, it will happen. We'll see. It might be a bit too much all at once, so I might just knit the socks and then try and knit some other socks um, two at a time at a later date. So the Jake socks, Graham's Farewell socks and the two socks using the Reggio Design line Arnie and Carlos sock yarn are the ones that I really want to get done first. They're the projects that I already have yarn for. I don't need to go out and buy anything. I don't need to like acquire new yarn to add to this horrendous stash that I'm building up well it's not horrendous it's just horrendous how like much yarn builds and how little time you have to knit I have so much building up um and then maybe next because I've been given all this floor four ply sock yarn well it's not sock yarn it's wool that I will use the sock yarn even though I know normally sock yarn should have a bit of a um, synthetic blend in it for hard wearing I think I might just try and knit a few in this four ply because otherwise it won't get used and there's like two balls of some which is like perfect amount to knit some socks and there's a pattern out of a book that I got called um, Knits to Share and Care and it's collated by Gerard Alt because I think it's got lots of different designers in the book and the pattern that I like is called Socks for Soldiers and it's these four ply cabled socks so I think they'd look really nice in this green shade that I got given so They'd be the next socks I'd knit if I managed to get everything done. And then after that, it would require me buying more yarn. But the patterns are beautiful. And I could also buy these and then mix and match because the same sort of colours are used throughout. And they're all quite similar patterns, actually. They all feature love hearts. Yes, and they probably would end up being Christmas gifts. I really like some of these patterns, though, so I might keep them myself. 
The first is from the spring 2015 edition of Pom Pom, and it is called Elski by Marion Holland, spelled E-L-S-K-E. Um, these are really cute, like, socks in, like, um, I think it's, like, in a diamond pattern, and then it's got, like, a pink cuff, toe and heel, so I really like them. And then another pair of socks that I like that have got the love hearts. This one features it on the heel. So there's a love heart on the heel and then the socks are striped. And that's called Love Socks. That can be found in my library on Ravelry again. And that is by the designer Devin Clement. And the last pair of Love Heart Socks are a pattern from the Toe Up Socks book by Wendy D. Johnson. And they're a Gansey style knit. So the pattern's created by Knitting and Perlin and they're purely pink. And these have like little love hearts through the um, textured knit. And they are beautiful. They are called cool. I Heart Toe Up Socks. And the texture on them is just gorgeous. That pattern book is actually full of brilliant designs. I will go back to loads. If I manage to as well, I really want to try and darn a pair of socks that I made. I noticed the other day that there was a little bit of a hole forming in one of the heels. Um, I'm not sure actually if it was just a drop stitch that I need to try and pick up and sort out or whether it actually needs a lot of repair work doing. But we'll give it a try. I've never darned properly before. So I'm like, do I need to buy a darning mushroom or do I just give it a go? Um, I'm looking at them now actually, I think it's just a drop stitch, um, it should, yeah actually the yarn broke, but I do have more of this sock yarn available to me, so I will just sort of thread it all up together somehow, maybe a bit of a hodgepodge job, but darning is something I would actually really love to do, so we'll see what happens there. This month as well, some exciting things are happening. Um, hopefully I'll be starting a pattern drafting course on Thursday nights so that's going to be exciting I'm quite intrigued to see how it will affect my making and doing and stuff I'm really hoping it will help me to become more aware of how to then design my own jumper patterns but we shall see it will be good fun anyway and it will help a lot with my dressmaking and becoming aware of how to adapt patterns for my body and other bodies and making clothes like I just really enjoy making clothes where they're knitted or sewn. And at the end of October I'm heading up to Edinburgh for the first time. I'm really excited about this. I'm going to the Geeky Puffin Knitpalooza which is being held by the Geeky Girls and also by Sam of Knit Run Dig. So I'm really excited to go to a knitting retreat. It's my first one. Initially I was quite worried especially because I'm sharing Rune. Um, but I've spoken to the person I'm sharing with online and she seems really lovely so I'm sure it'd be absolutely fine. They've been great and they're managing to cater for the fact that I'm vegan so that's always appreciated and while I'm there I'm going to learn how to use my drop spindle so I'm going to have fun taking that up and it's just going to be great to interact with other knitters. I find I don't really go to any knitting groups in the area Mainly because when they're on, I'm doing other things, like I go to a running group when one's on, or I'm going and I'm busy or tired, or it's just, it doesn't fit in with my schedule. Um, so it'd be great to have the opportunity to meet loads of other knitters and makers. And I think that's where I'll end up buying a lot of sock yarn, if it comes to that. So I'm going to try and save as much as possible over this coming month so I can 
splash out a little bit of cash on some nice presents. For this retreat as well, um, we're doing a knit-along, and it's the first time I've participated in one of those as well. Again, a lot of firsts in this episode. And, and when we get there, we're taking up our knitted items and we're putting them all on and seeing which team um, can put on the most items. And it's going to be great fun. I just, I have a really good feeling about it and I'm really excited. So hopefully it will go well. And I'm really excited to meet like Cece and Damaris and Sam and like people who's, I've watched their podcast for such a long time and it's like you know them, but you obviously don't. So it would be great to meet them for the first time. So October's looking to be a great month. I'm really excited about it. And then November and Christmas will be here soon. And I'm just like, I want to make presents, but I am running out of time so quickly. It will get done. I'm going to be ambitious. Let's, let's get going. These things can happen. So thank you for listening along to the podcast today. Sorry it's been a bit shorter than normal. And I haven't really... I had that many other things to talk about making wise compared to normal i've been a bit been a bit redundant compared to in august but like i said hopefully october will be a lot better i hope that you have fun in your own crafting journeys and that you enjoy the making doing and even the undoing enjoy <laughs>